Dagon's Illusion, Episode 27, The Cleansing. Are you okay, Dad? Yeah. Just remembering this garbage. You don't have to if you don't want to. I do have to. You need to know it. Anyway, after that horrible night, when I woke up the next morning, your mother was already up and happy as a lark, cooking a big breakfast as though nothing in the world had happened. Did you talk to her about what you saw? I tried. I asked her how she'd slept. She said, wonderful. I asked her if she'd had any bad dreams. She said, no. All I could do was wait and watch. For a few months, everything went along great. In all the time I'd known her, she'd never been this happy, like a little kid without a care in the world. As I look back, she was too happy. It was unnatural. But at the time, I was just relieved. Things were going so well that I actually tried to convince myself that what I'd seen was my imagination. But it wasn't. One day, we were out for a drive and we got caught at an intersection waiting for a funeral to pass. It was one of those jazz funerals with a horse-drawn hearse, the works. In the crowd, a priest walked by. I don't know why he did it, but he turned, looked straight at your mother, and made the sign of the cross. From that moment, everything swerved 180 degrees into a toilet from hell. Within 24 hours, she stopped sleeping and didn't want to eat. Her whole personality changed. The morning before the drive, she had looked at me giddy with love. By that night, it was total revulsion. Ellie, I'm a pretty big guy, and when I was young, I was strong as an ox. But as the days passed, I became downright afraid of her. I was afraid to go to sleep at night. I'd be lying in bed, and she'd be sitting in a chair just staring at me. That would be disturbing. What did you do? What does a nuts-and-bolts guy always do? Figure out what's wrong and try to fix it. I began to read and talk to people, and I learned a lot. Of course, most of what I learned I refused to believe. Why accept the truth when denial is so much more comforting? About two weeks into this nightmare, your mother started having seizures. They would begin with a screaming rage that would go on for hours with hideous non-stop cursing, and all I could do was hold her to keep her from hurting herself or destroying things. And Lord, while she was in those fits, she was strong. This tiny little woman wore me out. After the rage passed, she would enter a kind of half-a-week state, where she'd appear almost normal. She'd talk with you as though nothing had happened, but then all of a sudden she'd walk out of the house and go odd places and do crazy stuff. Like what? Like sitting in a graveyard and mumbling, or going to a library and taking a hundred books off the shelves, then putting them in neat piles and staring at them, not reading a word. Sometimes she'd dive into garbage dumpsters and root around snuffling like a pig. That's horrible. Oh, it was all kinds of weirdness. You'd never know what she was going to do next. I'd follow her to make sure she didn't do any real damage, but if I tried to stop her, God help me, the rage would be twice as bad. After a maybe a day of this, she'd go home and go to sleep. When she woke up, there was no memory of anything. The only continuity between the seizures and her normal life was that in both she hated my guts. What a nightmare. What did you do? Anything I could. 
I talked to a bunch of doctors when I described what was going on. All of them wanted her committed, but I said no. Why? Something inside told me that if I locked her up, she'd never get out. She'd be in there for the rest of her life, just getting worse and worse. Even with all I'd been through, I loved her so much that I just couldn't do that to her. I knew that down deep, the woman who loved me was still in there someplace. She was a prisoner in a dungeon, and I had to find a way to break her out. I'd taken a leave of absence from the company. You can do that when you own it. And I just stayed with her all the time. I wouldn't even let her go to the bathroom unless I stood outside the door. Of course, I removed all the locks and anything she could use to harm herself. Dad, you know what this was? Yeah, now I know what it was. But at the time, it was way outside my operational categories. Even after all I'd seen, I refused to believe that such a thing could be possible. For quite a while, I got caught up in multiple personality disorder. How a multiple personality could project part of itself to the end of your bed wasn't quite clear to me, but I was grasping at straws. Anyway, I kept hoping that some kind of rational explanation would pop up. I mean, I was an electrical engineer, for pity's sake, a quasi-scientist. When you consider yourself a scientist, anything outside your mainframe doesn't exist. So what changed you? All right, I'm going to tell you, but you'll think I'm nuts. Give it a try. I took your mother to a dimensional development therapist. A what? A stupid psychic with a big constipated title. Basically, he was like an exorcist, but without any of the disturbing religious paraphernalia. What did he do? A lot of idiot stuff that cost a pile of money. He said your mother had been infected by a dimensional irregularity. He said these things can't cross running water. So part of his therapeutic ritual was to set up systems of garden hoses all around our house. Garden hoses? When you were a kid, don't you remember the stack of old hoses in the garage? Dad, you actually thought this was scientific? When he was dragging your mother back and forth across a glorified sprinkler system, I began to have serious doubts. It sounds like a cheesy horror flick. When I fired him, I told him he should go work in Washington. What place could be more plagued with dimensional irregularities? Dad, why is telling me all of this for my protection? I'm getting to that. Back in the days when your mother was having seizures, I got a call from an old classmate of mine who was working at the University of Chicago. He said he knew of a little girl who was in need of a safe place to live right away. Wait a minute. I thought you heard about me from Aunt Evelyn. Technically, that's true. Technically? I got your Aunt Evelyn her job working for my friend, and she was the one who passed along the information from him about you. So yes, we heard about you from her. Why would a friend of yours at the University of Chicago know about me? All I know is that your birth mother was involved in research experiments that he was conducting. What kind of experiments? He never told me and I never asked. I know this is a little disturbing. Oh, it's way beyond that. So your colleague tells you about me. Why did I need a safe place right away? I don't know, but kids get put into foster homes for all kinds of reasons. Anyway, because of your mother's condition, I was going to turn him down. But she found the letter and was thrilled. Up until the seizures, we had been trying to have children without success. So she was desperate for you to come and live with us. But look at the situation I was in. She was mentally ill. 
She would fly into rages, do strange things, and not remember any of them. How was a woman like that going to care for a child who was in need of special comfort and attention? And yet, if I refused to take you, she would have been utterly devastated. I had to do something fast. Through some friends, I'd heard of an old man who lived in East Texas. People with problems like your mother's were brought to him, and he had a high cure rate. Let's say that he had a reputation for unusual therapy. In dealing with dimensional irregularities? Yes, but he didn't call them that. Even though I hated his primitive worldview and lack of scientific credentials, I swallowed my pride and contacted him by letter. He didn't have a phone and pleaded for his help. I would have taken your mother anywhere to meet him, but he insisted on coming to us. When he arrived at our home, I was shocked. It wasn't at all how I had pictured him. What do you mean? His name was O'Higgins, and I was expecting an overwhelmingly powerful guy who would sweep in and take control. But there on my porch was a little Mexican man, five feet tall, with a speech impediment. When he tried to say hello, I wanted to shoot myself. What did he do for Mother? It was horrible. When he walked into the house, she was in the bathroom, sitting on the floor beside the toilet. The moment she saw him, she started screaming and flailing. I had to physically restrain her. He said something that wasn't very clear, and she just went limp in my arms. It was like she was unconscious, but her eyes were open and she could answer questions. I carried her into the bedroom and laid her on the bed. O'Higgins walked in behind me and didn't say a word. He just knelt down beside a chair and started praying. He prayed for three solid days and nights without any food or water. At the end of the third night, your mother went crazy. He sent me out, and for ten hours the sounds that came from that bedroom were from the pit of hell. Then suddenly, it was over. He came out exhausted, dripping with sweat, and your mother was sleeping peacefully. He told me that the thing that had taken control of her had been attached to her family for generations. He believed that it might come back because it viewed your mother as its territory. He said we needed constant protection and there was only one way to get it. What did he tell you to do? Ellie, I think I've been the biggest fool in the world. What he told me I didn't believe. I mean, it looked like he had helped your mom, but how did I know? Maybe she was just worn out and the whole thing would start again in a few hours. I mean, be honest, would you believe an old man with a speech impediment who said you needed j j j j j jesus I had no fondness for religion of any kind, but I was scared to death for your mother, and soon there would be a little girl living in our house. He wouldn't take any money, not even for travel. I wanted to be polite, and I guess I wanted to hedge my bets. So I did what he said. I, I knelt down beside him in our living room, and I tried to repeat a prayer that he thought was important. Have you ever tried to repeat the words of a stutterer? I started stuttering myself. It was humiliating, and I was afraid he'd think I was mocking him. So as quickly as I could, which wasn't very fast given his problem, I sort of confessed to my sins and asked J -J -J Jesus to come into my heart so he would protect us from the devil. Did you believe any of it? Oh, maybe five percent. What happened with Mother? 
after the old man left, she slept for two days straight. When she woke up, everything was fine, and she didn't remember anything that had happened. I kept waiting for another seizure, but it didn't come. She was her old self. The only thing different about her was that she started sleeping really hard and snored all night. So what does your damned rational mind do? I started believing that the old man really hadn't done what he imagined. I decided it had been an emotional breakdown, and his aggressive style had jarred her back to reality. What about what you'd seen at the end of the bed? <laughs> I locked it away in a nice, clean compartment labeled Things I Don't Want to Think About. And it was easy to leave it there because nothing bothered us again. After you came, we just lived a normal life. No, we didn't. What do you mean? The attacks focused on me, but I was always afraid to tell you about them. Oh, God, Ellie. It was God who saved me. I prayed that prayer when I was a little girl. Then at night when awful things came, I prayed and Jesus would come and drive them away. I've failed you. Forgive me. Dad, I'm not a religious person and I don't know much. But that prayer the old man tried to get you to say, it isn't just some kind of incantation. Jesus can protect people who have given their hearts to him, even if they're little children. What's mother's attitude toward all of this? She's never wanted to talk about anything. When I tried a few times, she got very upset. But I still haven't gotten to the reason for telling you all of this. I'm afraid to hear it. Two nights ago, I woke up because I heard a noise in the house. I looked at the clock. It was 3.06 a.m. That didn't register at first. I thought what I was hearing was a burglar. I pulled out my pistol and went looking for him. The sounds were coming from your old bedroom. It was like somebody moving furniture. I threw open the door and yelled, freeze! There was someone lying on your bed. At first I thought it was you. I walked up and said your name. It turned and looked at me. Ellie, it was exactly like you except for its eyes. They were filled with absolute hate. I was about to shoot it when it disappeared. The snoring stopped and Ellie's mother raised her head. What's going on? I hear talking. What are you talking about? Her husband stroked her hair. The storm, dear, just talking about the storm. And we better get some rest because tomorrow isn't going to be an easy day. <laughs>